Welcome to Our Big Table. Today is November 10th, 2019. Today's episode is our last one about apples. We are going to talk about where apple trees come from and Johnny Appleseed. We'll play 20 questions and find out the winner of the Golden Chair Award. Joining us at our big table today are Archer Lamb, John Lamb, and me, Sarah. Alright, let's start with a joke. Archer, take it away. What do you get if you cross an apple with a shellfish? I don't know. What is it? It's a crab apple. Oh, gee. Ha, 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 ha. Is that your last apple it's joke hilarious. or you got any more? Page restricted. Oh, no. So that's a no. Oh, you mean your school doesn't allow you to look for jokes on the internet? Uh, no, you know that of. isn't school appropriate, Dad. So what kind of dirty jokes are there about apples, I wonder? I can't imagine there's too many. I don't think it's that. I just think that they don't want us to get distracted because we're only supposed to use the Chromebooks for learning. Hmm. I think one of the things you could use Chromebooks for would be learning jokes. Guess not. All right, time for 20 questions. So we're going to play 20 questions. First, because you guys have not been at our podcast before, first thing I'd like is for you to introduce yourselves. So, starting with the person to my left, go ahead and introduce yourself, Katerina. Katerina Smith. And who are you, and how are you related to... Uh, I'm Archer's cousin, and you are my uncle. Wow, you're right. Congratulations. You got your answer correct. You get a free toaster. (laughs) Yay. Okay, and how old are you? 13. 13, all right. No, 14. Ooh, you got that one wrong. No toaster. Okay, Miles, go ahead. It was a good try. Yeah, it was a good try. My name is Miles Smith, and I am 11 years old. Okay, and Miles, how do you know me? Um, you are my uncle. Okay, great. Aubrey, go ahead. My name is Aubrey Fleischley, and I am 11 years old. And Aubrey, how do you know me? Um, you're Miles' uncle. <laughs> Correct as well. Okay, excellent. All right, now, um... Can I do stuff like that? Archer, how do you know me? You are Katarina's uncle. Okay. Pretty impressive. Okay, sure, sure. All right. Um, all right, Archer, will you please explain the rules of the game? In 20 questions, you have to figure out the thing that I'm talking about. And it can either be a person, place, or thing. And I'll probably give you a small hint right at the beginning. And then you have 20 questions amongst yourselves to figure it out. So what we'll do is we'll take turns. So um, we'll just start with Aubrey. And then we'll go Aubrey, Miles, Katarina, me. I don't know what the thing is either, so we're all going to take turns asking questions. So, Aubrey, you can ask the first one. Uh, Sound good? Question. <laughs> yep. I mean, what about ideas? Because, like, ideas are technically things. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't know if they're going to be ideas. I guess we'll just have to figure it out. Okay. Archer, are ideas ever going to be one of the things that you do? They can be, yes. And so, would that be a thing? Yes, it's a thing. Okay. All right, Archer, give us our clue. So, your clue is, this is a thing. Okay. And that is all you have. Now, so that means it's not a person and it's not a place. All right, Aubrey, you get the first question. Um, is it as big as a toaster? No, it is much, much, much smaller than a toaster. Okay, so it's not a bus or a blue whale. Sarah's walking in. Are you going to join us, Sarah? 
Okay. Grab a chair. At our big table. And have a seat at our big table. There's plenty of room for you. Okay, so you can sit next to Katerina. So have you guys started the actual 20 questions part? Yes. We've had one question so far. It, it was a good one. a thing, and it is smaller than a toaster. Much smaller than a toaster. Mm. Standardized toaster, that is. Which would be like that big. No, standardized toasters are this big. What? 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 No, they're not. Sure? No, they're not. They're not. Oh, okay. Maybe it's not a lot smaller than a toaster then. What type of toaster are you thinking of that's this big? Standardized, but apparently that's not An standard. An industrial toaster. <laughs> Mega toaster. How, how many slices of bread is that for? All of 14. them. All of the pieces All of, of the bread? bread. No. The, whole, the whole loaf. No, 14 All of and the bread. Is it bigger than a flea? Uh, no, it is smaller than a flea. That's two questions down. Is it bigger than a water bear? A tardigrade? I believe it's on the same size as a tardigrade. Oh. Okay, so it's pretty small. Is this thing alive? It is alive. Whoa. Crazy. Do you suppose there's any chance it actually is a tardigrade? Wouldn't that be funny if it actually was a tardigrade? It probably is. You could ask him. Do you think I should, guys? I, I kind of feel like I want more clues, but... Yeah. Ask him, yes. I mean, yeah, you're only on him. four questions, so just, imagine just getting five questions. Well, how about this? I'm going to ask if it has, if it's a multicellular organism. How about that? No, okay. just, just go for it. I'll let someone else... So yeah, I'm going to ask... If it's multicellular. Is it multicellular? No. Are tardigrades multicellular? Somebody help me. Yeah. Okay. Are you sure about that? I'm very I'm much not, not I'm sure I'm not about sure that. about that, but I'm pretty sure that they're multicellular. Those little legs, yes. I couldn't <sighs> see a single cell, a single blobby cell having spiky legs. And I'm not legs. counting this as your question or a question. Uh, are multicellular animals? Aubrey, your turn. Is it an atom? It is not an atom. I don't know many atoms that are alive. Actually, I know an atom that is alive. That's true. I, that's true. We do know an atom that's alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The atom that we know that's alive is much bigger than a toaster. Oh, yeah. You could ask if this thing is like a bacteria. Could be a virus if Archer considers that alive. Or I think technically be... they aren't. Yes. Viruses are not alive. Okay. So it's not a virus, which means it could be a bacteria. It could be an archaeobacteria it could be an amoeba something like that well amoebas can get pretty big so i'm pretty sure that it wouldn't be an amoeba because i think amoebas are single single cell though yeah well i've heard that they can go up to four inches what like that's the record size oh my god that's just what i've heard it might Imagine not be true if it was a brain-eating amoeba <laughs> gross it'd get real Zombie big eating amoebas. my brain because my brain is delicious Imagine if it was able to fly <laughs> ships and be able to move those freely around and Zombie stop. amoebas. What? Talking about Cosmic Encounters, one of our board oh, games. okay, yeah. Miles, it's your question. If you're unable, unwilling to ask a question, you can pass. Pass. Okay, Miles is passing. All right, Katarina, you're up. You um, could ask if it lives in the ocean. Does it live in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. 
we know it's single cellular, so we could at least figure out what kind it is, whether it's a bacteria or something like that. So there are funguses that are multicellular. And single cellular. And single cellular. Okay. Is it a bacteria? It is a bacteria. Ooh. Do we have to guess the specific one? Because that would be... It's not bacteria. <laughs> but it is bacteria. Okay, well, But yes. it also isn't bacteria. Okay, yeah. Got it. That's like saying, <laughs> is it a human? It's just like, yes, it is a human. You need to name that human. Yeah. It's Fred. I don't think that I'll be able to name a bacteria. Uh, I'd, I'd name several of them. There's Fred and there's Jimmy. I was going to say, <laughs> and there's Todd. you've named several of them. You've got Archer, you've got Ava and Sarah. <laughs> I don't really. I don't con- know if we count as bacteria, Archer. Maybe more of viruses. Maybe. Yeah, you're more like viruses. <laughs> <laughs> that <Maybe> hurts. Articles. <laughs> deep, deep cut. <laughs> okay, Sarah, you're Sarah, up. Sarah, it's your turn. Do you happen to know any specific types of bacteria? Well, if you, you don't, know, I really don't. <laughs> you might ask something that's related to this bacteria. You could, for example, ask if it makes people sick. Or you ask could ask if it has if a it, flagellum. Or does what's it? A, what's that, Katarina? It's a tail that helps it move around. Oh. <laughs> yes, Miles. Miles is waving his hand. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, demon- he's demonstrating the purpose of a flagellum. Oh, I get it. Does you it weren't. Have a flagellum. It does not have a flagella. That does not help me at all. Wow. <laughs> Okay. I was going to say, I don't know what information that provides, but it does not have that. <laughs> okay, Archer, does this bacteria cause disease? It does. <laughs> and that is on question nine because we skipped miles. Okay, Aubrey, it's a bacteria that makes you sick. Well, actually, it causes disease. I don't know if it makes people sick or animals sick or... Does this bacteria make people sick? Yes, it makes people sick. I heard some hesitation in your voice, as if you had to think about that. Okay. Can we name it by its commonly known sickness? Like, this this isn't one of the questions, but like, if it causes a sickness, can we name it by the sickness, or do you have to name it by the name of the bacteria? I mean, the game's not tricky. Okay. Yeah, Archer's not trying to trick us. There's only a few sicknesses that I know of. You have 10 guesses left, and it's Miles' turn. Is the disease it causes fatal? Yes. Death is a one of the results. <laughs> one of the common side effects is death. But death a, a cold can cause death. Anything can cause death. Even too much too love. Bananas. Mm-hmm. Even a paper Too many friends. Even too much Absolutely. Oh, especially too many Even friends. They just cut. crush you under their weight. Just, well, just think about uh, Caesar. He got stabbed by all of his friends. You know, if I'm going to die, I want to die by too many friends. <laughs> That's the way I want to die. I want to die buried in video game consoles. Katarina, you're up and you're at 11 questions. Is it the flu? It is not the flu. <laughs> is it strep throat? Hold on. He doesn't know. Um, No, it is not strep throat have i ever got this sickness you have never gotten the sickness nobody in this room has ever gotten the sickness 
Could it be How do you know? Ebola? There could be measles or polio. What's that uh the disease that uh is from the organ trail? Yeah, I'm thinking oh, of dysentery. Yeah, yeah, dysentery. Is that your question? No. Is it wait. dysentery? Yeah. It is not dysentery. You could ask. You're down to five questions. I would try and find out when it was. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Right. John. Yeah? Are there any other diseases that have been eradicated? Um, To my knowledge, the only disease that's been completely eradicated is smallpox. What Polio. the bubonic plague? No, the plague is, people still get the plague every year. I'm like, what? When I was living in Mongolia, actually, the city that I was living in was quarantined because there was a plague outbreak. The plague actually is present in um, groundhogs and like gophers, marmots. And so in Mongolia, the people there hunt and eat these marmots. And so it's almost impossible to imagine ever truly eradicating that disease because it's present in the animal populations. Smallpox on the other hand, only infected people, which is why it was possible to get rid of it. Is it smallpox? It is not smallpox. Oh, oh no. So wrong. <laughs> it could be um, a skin disease, leprosy. But is that a bacteria? Yeah. Yep. It yeah, is? it is. <laughs> oh, okay. And none of us have had leprosy. Yeah, now I'm thinking it's kind of leprosy. Leprosy, what else could it be? Malaria, but that's not a bacteria. Well, it is single-celled. Yeah, malaria is from a single-celled organism. Katerina, you have to guess, I think. I have no idea. You should do leprosy. Yeah, but it's probably wrong. Well, that, I mean, you know, that's okay. Okay. You, it- well, hold on, because you might ask, you might try for the time period thing. Does it have to be a yes or no question, though? It does have to be a yes or no question. Were there cases of it in the last century? As my dad said the only disease that has been eradicated is smallpox. Yeah, so the answer is... So, yeah. so why don't you ask when was it prevalent or, or maybe when did... It um, has to be yes or no question. Yeah, but you can say have, has there ever been a year where more than um, a thousand people have died from it since 1900? Something like that maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Pass. All right, Sarah, you're up. We did say people died, right? That Someone asked that. Yeah. yeah if it's fatal. So, yeah. Well... All well, the diseases uh, are fatal, I guess. Oh, yeah. That's what Archer a cold said. can be fatal. What if it's a cold, you guys? I've had a cold. Oh. I believe oh, a cold yeah. is a... Okay. Well, there's there's viruses. that the, I think it's called yeah. rot- rotavirus is a common cause of cold. But, but cold's um, a general description of things. And there's... Yeah. yeah, a cold is a virus. You can have a cold and it can be caused by a bacteria. But just the point is a cold is this description of symptoms. I have an idea. Okay. Is this a common disease? You mean right now? Like, does it happen quite a bit? Yeah, right now. Does it happen? In America? Yeah. Or anywhere in the world? Anywhere? Yes, there's one area that it is still prevalent in. It's probably Africa. But there's a little bit in America. Like, it's tiny and minuscule. And I know that there are still people in Africa that have Ebola. Yeah. Yeah. And and Ebola, I think, is caused by a bacteria. No, 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 no. Well, no, it isn't. Ebola, no, it's, it's a, virus. a virus. Ebola is yeah. a virus, so it's not Ebola. Ebola is a ribonucleic acid virus. Yeah, it's not It's not Ebola. Yeah. Let's see. What other diseases are common in one place in the world? Three guesses. Leprosy, you guys don't think it's that one, right? 
it might. I kind of like. Well, there's like fifty percent. It might. Fifty percent. It isn't. There are a lot more diseases than just fifty percent, but sure. How about? Uh, I mean, there's E. coli that people get, but that's that's prevalent everywhere in the world. Yeah. So that's everybody's had. E- you guys have E. coli Let's living in you right it. now. Is it leprosy? I, I oh, gotta guess. Okay. okay, you 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 go ahead. Um. Well, should we ask if it affects the if it primarily affects the the lungs or primarily affects the skin, something like that? Should we ask a question like that? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, should I go for that. skin? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, go for skin. Or should skin. I go for lungs? Lungs. Skin. Say skin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, skin. Well, but then it's going to be leprosy, so I might as well just guess leprosy. Yeah. Is it leprosy? No. <laughs> Moo. Okay, we have two guesses left. Does it affect your lungs? Hold on. Lungs? Um. Yes. It's not specifically the lungs. That's not the primary place that it that it has an effect. No. Oh, this is our last question. It needs to be a guess of what it is. Right now, it's possible that maybe one of you has had it. Come on, Archer. I didn't think that you would have it. Well, you're the guesser, Miles. You're Miles. the lastest guesser. Pass. Oh, gee, <laughs> chicken out. That's two passes. We might have to implement a one-pass system. Hmm. It's possible one of you might have had it, but I know four of you have definitely never had it. I can guarantee it because I'm I have been around with them for all of their lives. Oh, it's not possible that Aubrey could have had it. You never well, know. you don't know Aubrey or Dad when they were younger. Right. Yeah. So Aubrey or Dad are your two big factors. And you have mentioned it already. Dad, have hmm. you had dysentery? Uh, no. Well, we already you poop that. until are, you die. Well, or you recover. Yeah, good point, Aubrey. More importantly, yeah. we already guessed dysentery, right? Yeah, and it's not dysentery. Tetanus is, a, you get poked with a needle or something, but we didn't well, mention tetanus. Yeah, we didn't talk about tetanus. Um, e. coli is one that we said, but we've all had E. coli, so that's... What? We have? Yeah, you have E. coli in you now. What, what is, is E. coli? It? It's a bacteria. It's oh, very okay. prevalent it's in everywhere. a lot of things. Ew. <laughs> a big buildup of it causes problems. And Archer didn't say that we have had it. He just said it's possible. Although if we would have had that information earlier, that would have affected our guesses. Well, um, so there was one specific event in the podcast that made me worry some that maybe I was pretty confident up until that point, And then you mentioned something and I was just like, ah, dang, that is a possibility that that has happened to you. So remember I was talking about times. So it's clear there was a very specific time in which there was a huge thing of this. But it's the plague. The Black Plague. No one's had the plague, let's be honest here. Have you had the plague, Dad? Uh, Unless Archer's suggesting that perhaps because I lived in a quarantine city that was exposed to the plague, it's possible that I've had it. But to my knowledge, I didn't have it. I don't know. We could guess that. How did you get into the city if it was quarantined? I was already there. Oh, okay. He was there and then it was quarantined. Yeah, then it was quarantined. And he had to stay there. I mean, well, I'm sure you could have left, but I didn't try to. The newspaper had pictures of guys with machine guns and a big sign saying, Batar quarantined. And I'm like, hmm, well, good thing I'm not going anywhere. Sounds scary. 
All right, do we want to just guess? That just means all of the people you're trying to teach to aren't able to go anywhere. Yeah, they're good not point. not able to run away. <laughs> is it the plague? You mean the Black Death? Yes, Also known that. as the... The Black Plague. As the Pestilence? The, yes. Also known as the Great Plague? Yes. Or just the Plague? Yes or no, it's, is it's it? The plague. Or less commonly, it the Black the plague. plague? Is it? One of the most devastating pandemics just in human history. Just answer the question. The answer is yes, because he's giving us all of these facts. Good observation, Miles. (laughs) Yes. It is the the Black Black Death. We did it. All right, you want to tell us a little bit about it, Archer? Absolutely. Um, It was uh, most prevalent, or it was peaking in Europe from 1347 to 1351. That was the peak. That's where all the... That wasn't very long. No, no, forty-seven to fifty-one. It still existed before, or or like a lot before that, and a lot after that. That's not. It originated in the central dry plains of Central Asia, where it traveled along the Silk Roads. And I'm getting all of this from Wikipedia, but I'm pretty sure that this is true, anyways. For example, Mongolia. Mongolia. Oh, fascinating. No way. I know. So. From after it went along the Silk Road, it reached uh, Crimea by 1343. So that was pretty early, but it still had four years to get to its peak. And then from there, it was most likely carried by fleas that those were on rats. And then they traveled everywhere. And because nothing was sanitary, rats loved it. Fleas loved it. And then the Black Plague loved it because the fleas loved it because the rats loved it. Because the fleas loved it. Rats did not love it because the fleas loved it. So how many people died, Archer? Or what was the percentage of people how in Europe that died? How many people died? 75 to 200 million like people in Eurasia and peaking in Europe. That might not sound like a huge amount right now, but there weren't a lot of humans alive and existing. 200 million people sounds like a lot of people. Okay, yeah, that's compared to today. And now thinking all the way back then where... There was, like, not that many people. That okay. was a lot. Um, the world's population, so this is lowering it from an estimated 475 million to 350 to 375 million. It was estimated to have killed 30 to 60% of Europe's population. That's huge. Wow, so, like, basically half of the people in Europe died. Europe was just like, see ya. And then it was Yikes. sad. Yeet. Okay. Hey, it took us 20 questions and a little help, but we got there. Nice job, guys. We needed a lot of help. So is it possible that you might have had the Black Plague? Uh, Probably not. But not even traces? Oh, he could have had like a tiny, tiny bit of it. A little bit of the plague. Uh, I probably didn't. I didn't have any symptoms of the plague. I never got sick. Right. So by that argument, um, if you're saying the plague is a disease, then no, I I never got sick. Um, so that's what I meant with all my thing is you started talking about Mongolia and how it is currently prevalent in Mongolia just because it travels by animals and other that's, stuff. That's just sad. Yeah, when I was there, <laughs> it was prevalent. I mean, I'm well, sure I mean, it was probably. I didn't know of people that were dying. The thing is, um, it's curable now. So yeah. um, even if people were infected, people weren't. I don't remember there being people dying. I just remember that we were quarantined because people were infected. Okay, thanks everyone.
No problem. What can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> Do you want to sing any other songs for us? This next segment, we're going to talk about apples for a while, um, where apples were first domesticated, and we'll hear about Johnny Appleseed. After this section, we'll have the Golden Chair Award. So apple trees were first domesticated by people in Kazakhstan or China. Apple trees were growing along a mountain range from that part of the world. So apples have been around for thousands of years. In the United States, there weren't any naturally occurring apple trees. There were crab apple trees. So crab apple trees are related to apple trees. And actually, you can make crosses between crab apple trees and apple trees. And uh, many modern apple varieties actually have crab apple trees crossed to them so that part of their genetics comes from apple trees and part of it comes from crab apple trees. So there were lots of different kinds of apple trees that have been grown historically. And when I say different kinds, I'm talking about different varieties. And um, originally, many of the apple trees were a little more tart than what we're used to today. There were you know, different flavors, different colors. Many of them were what's called russeted, which means that their skin was brownish and maybe a little bit rough. And we don't really like apples like that. Um, that was you know, pretty common apple type. Actually, Alexander the Great, when he was off conquering parts of the world, he actually found some dwarf apple trees, that is, small apple trees. Uh, most apple trees can grow to be very, very big trees, and they can have a lot of apples on them. Why do you guys think the reason is that, that we wouldn't have apple trees like that today? Because we want only the best. We want the tree to push all of its nutrients into the apples that we do want to eat. Yeah, what do you think, Sarah? So that you don't have a whole bunch of moldy apples on the ground that you can't get to. <laughs> well, I think the primary reason is because they're more convenient to grow in orchards. So if you had an apple tree that was taller than your house, getting to the top of that apple tree would be pretty hard. So a lot of orchards prefer apple trees that are smaller. The apples that we actually eat, if you were to plant seeds from those apples, they wouldn't end up producing apple trees that had apples very much like the seeds that they came from. And that's true for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is that genetics is segregating, meaning every single apple seed is different from every other apple seed, and so it will have different combinations of the traits from the parents. Uh, but the other reason is because the apple trees grown in orchards, the top part of the apple tree, the part that you'd see real easily, that's actually a cutting where a piece of another apple tree has been cut and grafted onto a rootstock. And we talked about that when we were talking with Jim and Janet Daniels. Do you guys remember that? I remember. You can purchase these trees already grafted, meaning you can buy them from a nursery where they've taken uh, rootstocks that are dwarf that produce short trees. They cut the top off of those trees and they put on a cutting or a branch that they've cut from an apple tree that has the kind of apple that you like. They stick them together and wrap them up with something, and then the two trees grow together. And the rootstock from the dwarf variety stunts the growth or prevents the top part from getting too big. But the top part will still have the delicious flavor and other features that you want. So you end up getting the best of both worlds. If you're an orchard, you get a bunch of smallish apple trees that are easy to pick from, but they're not the bitter-flavored varieties of apples that would be more common for the rootstocks. Having said that, people's preferences for the types of apples they want changes over time. 
for a while, people liked bitter apple, or not bitter, but kind of more sour apples that they would crush up and use to make cider. Bitter bit of apple. Yep. They liked their uh, apples to be a bit bitter. Is that what you meant to say? Better. Okay. So, Sarah, what's your favorite kind of apple? Um, I just like the gala or gala apples. Yeah, so the gala apples, those were actually from New Zealand. And there was a contest in New Zealand where different apple growers were trying to have the best flavored apples. So one of the ways you get new apples is people that have apple orchards, just the little trees that would spring up from the seeds, you never knew what you'd get. And so if one of them grew up, you might let it grow, see what its apples are like. And if you liked them, then you'd make cuttings from that tree and keep it. If you didn't, you just cut it down. All right, so the gala apple that you like, Sarah, that was a cross between a variety called a kid's orange red and golden delicious. Wait a second. I know what golden delicious apples are. Yeah, golden delicious apples are the parents of many of the other kinds of apples that you like. One of them is gala. So a grower in New Zealand made a cross. They took pollen from one of those trees, crossed it to the other, and then grew up uh, a lot of the seeds from that cross, and one of them had apples that they really liked. Queen Elizabeth II was actually on a visit to New Zealand, and while she was there, she said that that was her favorite kind of apple, the gala. I don't know. I don't know if that's why they named it that or not, but that was the kind she liked. Archer, what's your favorite kind of apple? Do you have one? Mine are probably Mutsu. Just a second. I'm going to check the apple test and see which one Archer liked the best. Okay, so Archer, you like not Honeycrisp. Not jazz, not red delicious. You like the gala. You don't like jazz. The apple kind that you like the most from our test was called envy. And I don't really know anything about envy, so I don't have anything to say about that. My my favorite overall, though, is mutsu. Mutsu. I've never had a mutsu. What's that like? It is a yellow apple, only yellow. And it's soft, and it's a little sour, like a tiny, tiny bit sour if you eat it uh, when it's fresh picked. Although... I like mine um, a little sweeter. How do you spell Mutsu? M-U-T-S-U. Hmm. I'm not finding that in the American or the U.S. Apple site. Let's look that up online. That's because it's Japanese. Well, a lot of a lot of varieties, actually. A bunch of varieties have been produced in Japan, including the Fuji apple, which is really popular. The Fiji? I think it's called Fuji. The Fudgi? Yeah, the Fudgi, F-U-J-I. And uh, the Fuji apple, one of its parents is actually Red Delicious. You know, the re- most people don't like the Red Delicious very much. And Sarah, do you remember the test that we did? How did you like the Red Delicious? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think I liked it very much. Sarah, you gave it a 5. Archer gave it a 4.5. I gave it a 4. Let's see, Sarah, you gave some of the apples a 0. But except for the apples that you gave a 0... The third lowest after the zeros, or the lowest after the zeros, was Red Delicious. So it it was your least favorite, except for the uh, two that you really didn't like. Archer, you, on the other hand, gave it a 4.5, which puts it about in the middle of the ones that you tried. Originally, there was a farmer in Iowa that found this tree growing in his orchard that he thought had pretty good apples on it. It looked nice. And actually, the original Red Delicious had some more color in them. They weren't just pure red. And then he sold the rights to that apple to the Stark Brothers Company, which is a company that makes lots of different trees and seeds. And initially, it was not called Red Delicious. It was called something else. But that same company, Stark Brothers, they also bought the rights to an apple called Golden Delicious. 
the one that we'd mentioned earlier. Wait a second, I've heard of that. Yeah, Golden Delicious was used, again, for many different crosses. So after they bought the rights to Golden Delicious, they changed the name of whatever the name had been for Red Delicious. They changed it to Red Delicious. That way they could have Golden Delicious and Red Delicious varieties. And since that time, lots of people have grown Red Delicious apples. The other way that you get new apples is that as the apple tree is growing, sometimes a mutation will occur. So one of the branches on the tree might just be a little bit different from the others, or maybe a lot different, depending on how big of the mutation it is. People, uh, they'd grow red delicious apple trees, and if they saw that one part of the tree had apples that were a darker red or that looked a little bit different shape, then they would make cuttings of that branch and propagate it. So for many years, the way that red delicious apples were chosen was not based on how they tasted, but they were just basing them on how they looked. Grandpa Mon said that he mostly ate red delicious growing up. Do you guys remember that? I remember that. Yeah, so he lived in southern Idaho, and red delicious apples grew really well in that part of the world. They grew better there than they grew in most other locations. And so in Washington and in Idaho, which is Washington's right next to Idaho, and so the growing conditions in certain parts of Washington are similar to parts of Idaho, that whole part of the country grew tons of Red Delicious. In fact, that's almost the only thing they grew for a long time. Problem is, people stopped eating Red Delicious because they thought they were gross. Uh-oh. Yeah. So then that entire area where they were growing all these apples had a real hard time, and they were losing hundreds of millions of dollars a year because nobody would eat these Red Delicious. In fact, there was a joke that the Red Delicious, uh, its primary purpose was for compost because people would buy it, take a bite of it, and throw it in their compost pile. Anyway, the government had to actually help out apple growers in, in that part of the country by providing some money to help them change out the varieties. And now in that part of the country, in Washington, they grow lots of different kinds of apples. Uh, Red Delicious is still a major thing they grow, but they're also growing galas and Honeycrisp and others. Interesting. How many apples do you think there were grown in the world, Sarah? Um, 1,754. There's thousands of different kinds of apples, but in terms of how many were grown, 83 million metric tons. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like the different kinds. Um, More than like 7,500 types of apples that have been grown, but there's millions millions of tons. Okay. Another question for you guys. Which country do you think grew the most apples in the world? America. Europe. The land of the free. Well, it may be the the land of the free, but it is not the land of the apples, apparently. China grew the most apples by a lot. It it just now occurred to me that Europe is not a country. China grew like 41 million tons. These are metric tons, by the way. The United States, 5 million tons. And the United States is the number two country for apple production. So China, 41. The United States, 5. Turkey has three, Poland, two and a half, India, 2.3, and so on down. Um, Yeah, I remember apples, they were domesticated in Kazakhstan and China. So there's lots of different wild apples there. And some places in China, it's a pretty important calorie source. Sounds like China had a bit of a head start. Yeah, that's true by, I don't know, five, six, seven thousand years. Europe's been growing them for a long time too. Okay, um, let's talk about Johnny Appleseed. Do you know the legend of Johnny Appleseed? Well, I grew up in Ohio, and my mom grew up in Indiana. And 
Everybody in Ohio and Indiana, when I was growing up, would have heard of Johnny Appleseed. He was a someone that we heard. This guy would walk around without any shoes. He'd have apple seeds, or, or maybe he'd walk around with apples and he'd give them to people. And then after they'd ate them, they'd plant the seeds and grow apple trees. That That's kind of the story that, that I remember hearing. I remember there were some songs about Johnny Appleseed, but I, I can't remember them. I can't remember what they were. So, But I do remember this this cartoon of this skin, like Ichabod Crane on Disney, that Disney um, show, yep. this, this skinny yep. guy. I remember there was this cartoon of this real skinny guy without any shoes and a big goofy hat that was walking around throwing apple cores, and then trees would grow up out of the apple cores. Was Johnny Appleseed real? Yes, his name was John Chapman, and although many of his actions were certainly made fanciful over a period of years, several things that we know about him have some amount of truth to them. Did he walk around uh, giving people apples? Well, that is mostly true. He did travel through the America and plant several apple trees. Um, He did help out other people by giving them apples, and he did this throughout many, many years. He traveled on foot, just like the legend. He didn't necessarily give out apples, but he had a special ability of some sort to be able to predict where pioneers were going to go and settle on. And he was able to plant trees there early on so that when pioneers arrived, they'd be able to have fresh apples. He also had some relatively good relationships with uh, Native Americans at that time, and that certainly helped him be able to get around the area. That sounds great. What kind of apples are they? Well, they were very sour. The first apples to ever come to the America were actually with the original settlers in Jamestown. The reason that the apples were so sour was because they were produced for cider making. So sweeter apples are more popular nowadays. Um, You know, we use apples for just eating, but in other times people would use them for cooking or for making cider, like you said. You're right. Alcohol kills off germs that are in the water. Water back then was very unsafe to drink. It was a harder process to make clean water than to make relatively clean alcoholic beverages. Cider became so popular and useful that it was used to pay salaries and buy other things. Wait a minute, so people would would pay for work with cider? Yeah, just like that. The boss, owner, or whatever would be like, well, here's your salary for the week, here's the cider, and then you were able to survive off that, along with some other things I'm sure he provided you with, hopefully. Did even the children drink the alcoholic cider? Sure, but the alcoholic content was very low back then, not like the alcohol we have now. That stuff was more safe to drink than water just because, like, it was just safer. There were no germs in it, you had a much lower risk of getting sick, and the alcohol content was low enough that you weren't getting drunk because you drank a bunch of it. So I heard that Johnny Appleseed was also a preacher of some kind. That's true. He followed the teachings of a Swedish preacher talking about how we must respect all life on the earth. His teachings were very different from the Christian teachings that many um, settlers in the Americas were used to. But he was a, it was a Christian though, right? Yes, but he had a different doctrine than the most common doctrine. Yeah, I think at the time there were lots of different religious ideas that were around. I mean, um, you know, Joseph Smith with the Mormons also arose during that time. Native Americans even thought he was uh, touched in some spiritual way. 
even more like Native Americans thought he was a spiritual person. Huh, that's probably useful if you're going to wander around the wilderness planting apple trees. I can see that being useful, yes. Now, um, although he has this reputation of just walking around planting trees, that can't be what he did, right? Like, how many trees could he possibly have been responsible for? The story of Johnny Appleseed planting trees just everywhere is a little false. Um, instead, he planted nurseries of trees where nearby settlers could come and take some saplings and then plant them for their for themselves on their land. Okay, so you're saying he still was responsible for a lot of apple trees being grown in different areas, but he wasn't just throwing apple cores into the ground. Oh, yes. My mom grew up in uh, Indiana near a town called Fort Wayne, and I remember something about Fort Wayne and Johnny Appleseed. Johnny Appleseed actually traveled around. He was born in Pennsylvania and then traveled all the way to Ohio and died finally in Indiana in Fort Wayne. One of the locations that is a possible burial site of his death is Archer's Cemetery. Wait, your cemetery? Maybe. Maybe. Since when do you have a cemetery in Fort Wayne, Indiana? Well, it's not my cemetery. It must be named after some other awesome archer. Well, there are a lot of awesome archers. Actually, there's not very many archers, but all of them that there are are awesome. Okay. Um. Well, nice. do we want to cover anything else about Johnny Appleseed? Nope. I think we're good. Now, it's time for the Golden Chair Award. This award is given each week by my mom, Elizabeth Lamb, to a person that was really helpful, truly caring, or made her happy. The winner gets to sit with us in the golden chair at our big table for that week, or at least until the next award is given. Even if you don't win the golden chair, there are plenty of seats with us at our big table, and you're always welcome to join us. Alright, this week for the Golden Chair Award, some observations I made of people either giving acts of kindness or acts of service. I have a shout out to Dr. Baker's office for doing a wonderful job of cleaning everyone's teeth in our family as we made our semi-annual trip to the dentist. It's not my for, teeth. Yeah, not mine either. I go to a different dentist. Three out of five. The other two don't <laughs> <Yes>. matter. <laughs> the other three's teeth are filthy. Other two. Um, the second one is Uncle Adam was very kind and took Archer to a large D&D gaming group on Saturday. And then Archer told me about how when I took him back to school from the dentist office, he had missed his regular lunch period and so attended the second lunch period Unfortunately, his friends attend the first one, but two of his friends from church, a pair of sisters, Kara and Leah, came and sat with him during lunch, which was very nice. But the Golden Chair Award this week goes to our friend Sachko, who came over on Saturday and taught us how to make traditional udon noodles and miso soup and made a lovely lunch for us, and we had a delightful time with her. So, Sachko, please come have a seat in the golden chair at our big table. Yay, Sachko. Those udon noodles are really good. I didn't get to have any. Were they good? Are they all gone already? They were really good. Oh, yes. They were that good. We only made the five servings. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, bye, Mom. Hi, this is Sarah's Weekly Joke. 
So this rope walked into a bar, went up to the bartender and said, uh, could I have a drink, please? The bartender said, I'm sorry, but we do not serve ropes at this bar. The rope got angry and it ran out of the bar, ran into the street. It was flailing around. It got run over by a wagon and it got all tangled up and came stumbling back into the bar and said, now, bartender, give me a drink. And the bartender said, wait a minute, aren't you that rope that was in here a little bit ago? And the rope said, I'm afraid not. <laughs> All right, well, if you listeners if you listeners have a joke that you would like us to use on our big table, please, con- please, send, a, please send, a, send it in. <laughs> send it to Sarah. We need, we need jokes. What's my email? I don't know. Sarah at ourbigtable.net. That's S-A-R-A, no H, S-A-R-A at ourbigtable.net. Yeah. Okay. So do that. Okay, bye. Woo-woo-woo-woo-woo.